0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. Well, look at all of you. With your masks on, and here I am. I don't have to wear mine now. Aren't you jealous? A little bit? And I can tell you're smiling under there, even though you're all masked up, and I'm so glad that you're here. Isn't this a great place? Cairn University changed my life. And then I had the privilege of seeing it change all three of my son's lives. They all came here, and let me tell you, I'm telling you the truth, their lives were transformed by being here. And I am so thankful. One thing you don't know is that normally, if it's non-COVID, this chapel would be absolutely packed right now, and people would be singing at the top of their lungs in praise to the Lord. Let me tell you, Is that contagious, to be among that many students, an army of students in a generation that maybe some have discounted, but I happen to know that God's going to use your generation to change the whole world. And so I hope that he leads you here. You know, we all struggle over decisions, and there's a tension involved in that, and I I feel that with you. But I just want to tell you, you can end the tension right today. Just decide you're going to come right now, right? It's a great place to be, and God really works here. The cool thing about being here, so many great things, but every class is led by somebody who knows the Lord and loves the Lord. And whatever subject you're taking, it's going to be integrated with God's truth. And that is life transforming. When we interact with real ideas, you're not just going to get a college degree. You're going to be prepared for life. And so I feel so privileged to be here. In fact, I am here today because God called me here. He called me here to speak to you. And sometimes there are sermons on whole books of the Bible. Sometimes there are sermons on a, on a chapter of the Bible or a paragraph. I'm actually going to give a sermon today. It's not even a sermon. It's just to talk to you on one word. It's the word called. So let me just start with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the divine calling that you have on each one that knows you. And how that transforms us, how it changes us to know that you value us that much and that you called us to be something different. We pray for your Holy Spirit to work today for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, as Mark mentioned, I lead the Youth and Family Ministry Program here and I do that full time, but I have to tell you that my heart also is with our youth ministry. I lead a youth ministry at our church. In Bristol, which is not too far from from here, and this is what we look like now, right? Without we meet outside, we meet with masks on. This is down by the Delaware River, right near where we are in Bristol. And boy, I just love the kids so much. Somebody asked me, Matt, aren't you getting too old to be a youth pastor? And I said, I was too old 25 years ago. We're past that, right? I just love it, and I think the kids love me too. And one thing that I have missed so much, and I don't know if anybody here can relate, but since COVID we haven't been able to do any retreats. We have a bus, but we can't even use our bus because we can't transport anybody. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? Boy, don't you miss those retreats. We used to go regularly away. One place we love to go is down to Ocean City, New Jersey. And we like to go there because we stay in this place where it's like all the guys stay on one part, all the girls in another part, and we get to interact with each other so much. But one of the hard things about doing that when you have all the guys in one room all over the floor and everywhere else is you always have your snorers am i right okay don't look at your dad right now okay you have your snorers but worse than that has anybody ever experienced this you have your sleepwalkers so like middle of the night two o'clock in the morning you see somebody get up and you're like where are they going and like they don't even know they're awake they're, they're not awake they're, they're who knows where they're going what they're doing we've never had anybody leave the room and like go onto the beach or anything like that that i know of but worse than that, I think, are the sleep talkers. Can anybody relate? Maybe that's you and you don't know it. Okay, but <laughs> the sleep talker, like, they can have a whole conversation with themselves. And, and everybody can hear it. And the entire room is now awake. 70 people are awake. And the one person is completely asleep, but talking to themselves, like, and having a whole conversation. I don't want to go there. Well, you're going to go there. Oh, going right? And they have a whole conversation. And I don't know if you've ever caught yourself doing that, but sleep, the sleepwalker, you know, very confusing situation and sometimes comical. And forever, you know, they will hear that story then about how they would sleep talk. We had one guy that was a sleep shouter. Boy, that's a little scary. Okay. But the question I had today, and maybe you can relate to this too, are we sleepwalking through our Christian life? You know, sometimes I ask myself that because we get into certain routines and we sometimes don't challenge ourselves and find ourselves kind of walking, sleepwalking through our Christian life. And God never intended it to be that way. The word that I wanted to share with you today is the word called. And I don't know if you've thought about it recently or ever to realize what the Bible teaches about your life, and I'm speaking right to you. God has called you. He has a calling on your life. Have you heard it? We know he called his first disciples. He called them to follow him. But he has a call on you as well. I want to share some Bible verses. You're welcome to look at them with me in your Bible, or I'll put them up here on the screen too, if that's a little bit more convenient. Notice what it says in 2 Thessalonians, and by the way, the Apostle Paul speaks often about the calling of every believer. This is what it says in 2 Thessalonians, but we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as firstfruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Through belief in the truth, notice, he called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to tell you that theologians have picked up on this as they should, and they have talked about the importance of our calling. I love what the Westminster Confession says about how you were called. It says this, that God is pleased in his appointed and accepted time to effectually call you by his word and his spirit to call you out of that state of sin and death which we all were by nature, to call us to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening our minds spiritually, and savingly, to understand the things of God, taking away our hearts of stone, and giving to us a heart of flesh, renewing our will, and by his almighty power, determining us to that which is good, and effectually drawing us to Jesus Christ, yet so, as we must come freely, being made willing by his grace." I don't know if you could pick up all that's in there. Boy, that's packed, isn't it? What it's talking about is the fact that when you know that you're called, that it changes how we view everything. It changes our whole perspective on life. Do you know that God has a calling for you? So I don't know if you think of this when you think of somebody calling. I think of my mom, right? When I was young, when I was little, be outside playing with my friends and it came time for dinner, And I could hear my mom calling, right? She would be calling me and usually by my name. If she got to my middle name, I knew I was in trouble, right? And usually she didn't have to call too long because I usually had a pretty good appetite. I wanted to get home to have dinner. But her call was just to me. Even if she didn't use my name and she just said, dinner's ready, right? I knew she was calling me. So I have to respond, don't I? I got to go. The calling demands something from me. Or I don't know if you're very familiar with baseball, but you know the, the starting pitcher gets into trouble, and so the coach, he gets on the phone. And have you guys ever seen one of those? That's called a landline. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those. And there, that's the only place where we still have them, I think, is in a baseball dugout. Why is that? Anybody know? Why? Anyways, there it is. He gets on the phone, or like a, like a landline phone. He calls out to the bullpen, right? And he calls for the relief pitcher to come and he calls that person. Now, out in the bullpen, you had people out there, a bunch of them. Many of them are sitting, but a couple of them have been warming up. You have a right-hander getting ready. You have a left-hander getting ready. And all of a sudden, the phone in the bullpen rings. And the bullpen coach picks it up and everybody's like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Okay. Then the coach normally will come out on the field and he'll make the final decision. Right-hander or left-hander, the call. That pitcher in the bullpen who before was just kind of dormant, waiting to get in the game, he's got the call and so he responds. Maybe you've seen some games where the relief pitcher has the habit of sprinting from the bullpen out onto the field because it's time. It's time to go. I got the call and now it's time for action. That's what God is doing in your life, but it's no bullpen coach or baseball coach calling you. It's God himself. God himself is dialing you up. He's calling you. Now, I know you don't get many phone calls anymore, right? We usually text and we're sometimes more comfortable with that. But imagine your phone ringing and you look at it and it says, God, what? And you answer and he speaks to you. And tells you something. That's exactly what the Bible's describing. The call is real, everyone. It's not a theological concept. It's a personal interaction and communication with you. You and God. Are we listening for that? Are we responding to it? You know, the call that we receive, it demands some things. And first of all, isn't it true when someone calls you? Have you ever had somebody call you when you're doing something kind of stupid? Like, yo, stop, right? First thing, it's an awakening. What am I doing? Wait a minute. I've got to wake up here. I've got to wake up. have got to wake out of my sleepwalking. I've got I to gotta listen, right? Because now, who's calling me? It's God himself. There's an appreciation for the caller in such a way, such a respect that I want to listen to his voice, to listen to what he's saying to me. And that makes all the difference because God himself, the creator of the universe, the one who has a plan for your life, he knows how to guide and direct us. When we're listening to him and we see life from that perspective, it changes everything. It prompts us to move, to take action, to obey, to follow him. You know, as the Bible talks about our call, it talks about it in different ways. One of the things it mentions is that all of us who have trusted in Christ, none of you are left out. None of us are on the sidelines or sitting on the bench. Every one of us is engaged, and we all have been called and are active in responding to that call. Notice what it says in Romans 8. Right. This is right after that passage where it says, all things work together for good to those who love God. Do you know that one? Right. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. And every person who has trusted in Christ has been called. And it is a very high calling, everyone. It's a high calling because it's God himself, the great caller, is reaching out. He's the one that created this universe and made you. He's the one who is sovereign over all things and has predestined things to be. He is the one who has divine providence and he has called you. So let's walk worthy, right? Let's walk worthy of the calling. Now, I just have a few minutes and I wanted to just briefly outline some of the ways that that calling works itself out in our life. And the first way is that God has called us not to a life a life of purposelessness, but a life of great meaning and purpose. This is our great motivator, right? The Bible tells us that God himself has called us into hope and a living hope. Notice what it says in Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. The call of God gives us real, lasting, and founded hope. In a world that's filled with confusion right now, isn't it? It's like everywhere you turn. We just find chaos and confusion. Where can we find, not the kind of hope where you say, oh, I hope I might win the lottery, but a hope that's actually real. Looking forward to something that's a promise that we're sure is going to happen. This is what the Bible talks about, the kind of hope that we have. And let me tell you, everyone, I think God's preparing your generation. No generation, recently at least, has experienced a pandemic like this one. Probably never. And never have I seen God turning everything upside down all over the world. I think he's preparing a generation. I think he's preparing you. I think he's creating an emptiness in the hearts and lives of people so that those of you who know the message of the true hope of Jesus Christ will have an opportunity to speak into the hearts of people. That's why I hope you come to Karen. I really do. I hope that you'll come here to be equipped so that God will prepare you way beyond whatever profession you're involved in or interested in and prepare you for a life of having meaning and purpose and real lasting hope. It is real, everyone. You know, he not only called us to hope, but he called us to be like him. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians that God did not call us to be impure, But to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction doesn't reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. God has called us as obedient children not to conform to the evil desires that we had when we lived in ignorance. Listen, just as he who called you is holy, so we want to be holy in all we do because it's written, Be holy because I'm holy. You know, God, he has a plan for your life, a plan to be like him. He's calling us to a path to follow in his steps what we call holiness, to be set apart, to be sacred, to be uh, sanctified, right? To live a life that's different than the world around us, that we have different values, that we have a different way of seeing things, a different way that we choose to live. Why is that? Because that's what God's like. God never asked us to live in a way that's different from what He's like. From our perception of our identity to our sexuality to how we uh, handle things ethically, in every area of our life, God has set up a standard that shows the beauty of what He is like. And He wants us to experience that. He wants us to know what it's like to live the kind of life that's like the life that He designed for us to have. To be truly free and to experience the life that he made humans to experience. Sometimes we think that the rules that God has given us, that they restrict us, that they close us in, they box us so we can't have any fun. But I want to tell you the opposite is actually true. God has created these wonderful boundaries so that within that, we can experience real life away from all the brokenness of sin, And the destructive patterns that are in our nature. That God has called us to something much higher and beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But we all have to admit that in our heart of hearts, because we have a sin nature, we we tend to lean against that. To push against God's rules and to find our own way. To make myself God and not Him. But God, He has a different plan, doesn't He? For you and for me. Because He's called us. He's called us out. To leave the sin and destructive patterns. To leave the addictions of our past and to step into new life. A life that's like his own. I wish we could spend more time on that. But you know, the Bible says more. It says that God has called us that our life would make a difference. That we could shine for him. It says in Second Peter to, that we are a chosen people. Right? A royal priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession so that we can, why is that? So that we can declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He has given us such meaning and purpose that he will fill you up with his glory when you follow his calling and he will overflow through your life into the lives of others. I want to tell you it's one of the most wonderful things about following him is that we live much more for trying to make a dollar and much more instead following God's purposes and seeing supernatural and eternal things result. You know, I asked my class recently, do you think you could tell the difference between two people who have the same job, one of those people know they're called by God? They're called by God not just to be a nurse, but to be the best nurse possible. Because they're doing it for God and God put them in that place, they want to do it for his glory with every ounce of who they are. Do you think you guys could tell the difference between a nurse that has that perspective and one that's just doing it to make money? It's just a job, right? I just do it to to have a job and to make money, live for the weekend, right? Do you think you could tell the difference? Now, they didn't have to tell you You could tell by looking at them, I think. Do you think so, too? I asked my class this, and they said, absolutely, we could tell. In fact, here's what they said. They said the called person would be like putting forth their best effort, whereas the other person probably only really working when the boss is looking. Can you relate to that? The one person self-motivated. The other one, I'll work when they tell me I have to. One person always eager to learn, to enhance their effectiveness for God's glory, the other person I'll do the extra credits if I have to with you know advanced education if I have to one person, boy, they're loyal i mean they're they're totally into this, both feed ins they're they're committed uh, well, I'll be loyal if it benefits me somehow, right the one person, boy, they put out creativity, mental effort to make this better. Nobody asked them to do that. the other one pfft, just do it for my job. I'm not going to do beyond what they're asking me to do. that'd be foolish, right. But but one person resilient. Another one gives up so easy. One living to make a difference. The other one living for the weekend. The one passion. The other one, you ever hear somebody, how's your job? Same old, same old. Really? God put you there. It's not same old, same old. Every day's an opportunity. Right? One sees it as a journey. And the other one, just the old grind. You think that's true? Right? It's true. But God has called us. Right? He's called us. And you know, we have a great hope and that hope is what Christ modeled for us. In fact, the greatest demonstration was when was he was on the cross. We could see he was determined to be there. See, Jesus knew he was called to be on that cross for you and for me and nothing was going to deter him from that. He wasn't going to turn to the left or to the right. He wasn't going to be deterred by those people down there that were saying, if you're really the son of God, why don't you just jump down? Now me, I would have jumped down. He had the power to, wouldn't you have? He stayed there. You know, somebody said it wasn't the nails that kept Jesus on the cross. It was his love for you and for me. That's why he was determined. He was called, and now he passes that on to us. It's your turn. Will you follow in my steps? When you face difficulty, will you go through it knowing that I called you to it? Don't give up. Do it with all your heart, with all your passion for my glory. As a student right now, many of you in high school, are you doing it for God's glory? Are you a student with all your heart because that's what God called you to right now? We have a whole school of people here called by God to be the best students they can be. And I want to tell you, you can tell the difference. It's contagious around here. You guys know the difference, don't you? A student that's just doing it to get through high school to get a piece of paper. Barely doing their homework, never really responding in class versus that other student. I'm here to learn. God put me here to reach my fellow classmates. I want to make a difference here. Well, you can tell the difference, can't you? God called us to something higher, something greater. And although I'm running out of time, I just wanted to tell you that there is one last calling. And This also changes everything, doesn't it? You see, one day God will call us home. Now, maybe he'll return first and we'll all be with him. But we will all receive a call. That'll mark the end of our journey with him here on earth and the beginning of something much more wonderful. We're going to pass through a threshold and enter into a brand new life Where there will be no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more crying, no more loss. Won't that be wonderful? We're going to cross into a new world and a new life with God where we'll be with God forever. The greatest thing that we could ever imagine, being with God. I'm telling you that because when you know you're called, it even changes how we view death. For the Christian, they view death so much differently. They know that it's not the end, it's the beginning. But we also know that all of us stand in that tension, that we live today not knowing how much longer, how many days we have left to serve the Lord. So we determine in our hearts, Lord, I'm going to live this day for you. You called me right now in this moment to live all out for your glory, to live the way that you want me to. To listen to your voice and to respond, to shine with the glory of God, somehow that God fills us and shines out through us. I want to live like that. And it changes everything, doesn't it, guys? It changes everything. It's not just for young people to hear, it's for all of us to know. Every day is a new challenge to realize our calling, to decide in my heart that I will live a life that's worthy of the high calling that God has called me to, and I know it's not by my power, but by the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, he will empower you to do it. God has called each of you to make a difference in this world by following his path. Number one, our calling is to him. It's to love him first above all else. That's all he asks us to do, to love him with all of our heart. That's our primary calling. Our secondary calling are those specific things that he asks us to do and he puts us in certain places to be able to do that well. I know many of you are seeking and trying to understand God's will for your future. And my advice to you is first of all and above all else, seek to get close to him. Tell him that you'll listen to his voice. The greatest gift of the tension that you feel of trying to make a decision is that God will draw you very close to himself, if you're willing. That'll be much better than knowing the specific place where he wants you to go. But I wanna tell you that the closer that you get to him, the more clear it will become as to where he wants you to be. By listening carefully to him, and in that tension of feeling the uncomfortable situation of not knowing my future, we draw close to him and experience him like never before. I pray that for all of you, for all of you in this room, that you'll hear the call of God. He called us initially to trust in him as Savior, and now every day we follow that calling by loving him with all that we are, and then listening and saying, God, whatever you want me to do today, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it. Whatever you want me to to do, wherever you want me to go, I'll do it, Lord, for all for your glory. So let me just say a prayer for you now as we close this time together. Lord, we thank you for your amazing calling and we admit right away that we're not worthy. We don't feel worthy of that, but you have made us worthy through the sacrifice of your son Jesus. His death and resurrection have brought us to life and given us a new perspective. So Lord, today we respond to your call. We tell you that we do love you. We tell you that we want to live like you. We want to shine We want our life to show others what you're like. And so, Lord, until you call us back, we intend to live each day for you, for your glory. I thank you for each person that's here. Use their life today, Lord. Use their life today to make a difference as they draw very close to you in Jesus' name. Amen.